Hey everybody, thanks for hopping on this week's podcast. We've got a good buddy of ours, Robbie Pruitt from Antler King. Robbie is one of the best guys out there. Super knowledgeable on food plots and so much more. Glad to have him on here with Kevin and I. Let's jump right in. You're listening to the Backwoods Life Podcast. Hold on, it's going to be a bumpy ride. All right, everybody, welcome to the Backwoods Life Podcast. Uh, myself, Michael Lee, I'm here today. I have the always beautiful Kevin Knight. And, and, and Kevin, I hadn't seen you in a little while. Like, we haven't, we haven't crossed paths. Turkey season is hectic, and now we're in, you know, you're in baseball mode at, at home and summertime stuff, and I'm, I'm on the honeydew list. Like, and, and I know we're going to cross paths in the very near future because we got work to do in the woods. But I know we start every every podcast. I want to comment on your beard again because <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's a thing. It, it, it's a thing. It, 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 it <laughs> looks like you've been putting some miracle grow and some fertilizer on that thing. You got it thick as some of this corn that's volunteered up in my food plot in my backyard. <laughs> well, you know, I put a little bit of of uh, Antler King foliar fertilizer on it, and I yeah. got it just looking, you know, as best I possibly can. <laughs> and, we, and, and, and everybody listen we got we got our good friend robbie from antler king on with us today we got a lot of good stuff coming about food plots and all but i think robbie i think kevin's been putting that jolt on his beard i swear i think he's been brushing it in there it, it sure looks like it I'm <laughs> that, and my customer service is going to go crazy right now people's going to be wanting to use it on their beard growth <laughs> it's a combination you got to brush a little bit on there and you got to just put a little bit in your coffee in the mornings it there makes you just a quick pick me up to get the day going. Next thing yep. you know, you're a, you're a foot taller, and that's just how <laughs> how good that stuff works. But but Robbie, we're we're glad to have you on. Um, Kevin and I kind of did the podcast for a while. We put it on hiatus just because of crazy schedules and everything. And now we resurrected this thing, and we you know we caught up with like 2012, so that we started <laughs> using technology to have our our people that we work with and guests on on this thing. So we're glad to have you here today. I just want to ask you where are you at and what you doing. Well, I'm here in my home state in Central Illinois. Here, this uh, yes. going crazy trying to get some food plots done, working on uh, all my spring clover plots and taking care of all my customer service for the company right now. So you know the. The phone calls, emails, and texts are going crazy. So in between all that, I'm actually honeydew list, the same as you're talking about, a little bit of everything, but trying to take care of a lot of customers right now for the spring planning. It's that time of year, man. I mean, that's that's really uh, something that we want to talk about today as far as like what, what everybody should be doing and, and just little things, and we'll get into that uh, shortly. Uh, Kevin, I mean, I, I know where you're at. I mean, I see the, the wall of fame back there behind you. Uh, what, what are you, what are you up to? Well, I mean, I'm trying to get TV shows ready to go to the networks. New season starts here at, uh, end of June. So we've been trying to get all that stuff put together and Kyler's been playing a lot of baseball. So of course that wraps up about three nights a week and most of the weekends the last few weeks. So just out here <laughs> living the life. <laughs> I mean, if you get, if you get done with that, come on up here, I'll put you to work. <laughs> Well, and let's see, uh, over the weekend and Friday, I put together some new Rungu bicycles. 
and uh that was a lot of fun uh they sarcasm be, in that? <laughs> <laughs> they will be ready to ride out and sneak through the woods next time we get a chance robbie do and, you have uh, a do you have an e-bike i do not no okay well now well, wait a minute you were one of the people that showed me that you had one and said how good it worked well we me and a buddy kind of have one together <laughs> Keep it at his place in order to get to stay at mine. So no, I actually don't have one. Okay, okay so that so now it's just like the movie Friday. Yeah, you so I'm not, de- gonna, de- I'm not gonna tell de- you his name, but uh he's <laughs> he'll be listening and he's laughing. So yeah, he uh, he kind of took it away from me after I brought it home. So Debo has uh Robbie's bike at his house right now. It, it's it's our bike, we just keep it at his house. That's how it works. So yeah, okay, I, fair fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. So the, the bad okay. thing about my bike, my bike is like seven hours away right now. So and that's where it stays. For some reason, it never comes back to Illinois. So well, I'll I'll put a seat on the back of mine, Robbie. And when I come past your house, you can hop on and ride. I'll, with me. I'll take a ride. Heck yeah. <laughs> as long as I'm not on the handlebars, I'll do it. <laughs> well, these these Rungu bikes here have uh have, they have two front tires on them, so. I think um, that yep. can get interesting. That can get very interesting. Yeah. The front end's a lot more stable, or, you know, that's where the stability lies in these things. So uh, you might want to sit on the handlebars, right? <laughs> do, 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 you do, do you do burnouts with the front tires or back tires on this one, Kevin? Oh, the back tires where all the power lies. All right. Just <laughs> make sure we got that covered. But uh, I, I was, Kevin had some Wi Fi difficulties and before we hopped on here and started recording i was talking to, to robbie about uh about us turkey hunting and you know we hunt our food plots so you know a lot with king plots and um robbie the, the secret of this thing is me and kevin were talking one day and we said you know what if we had a couple of them electric bikes i think we could probably sneak up on these turkeys and oh, i mean at the end of the day we don't really need to sneak up on these turkeys right but, right but I think we can sneak around the woods because we got our side-by-sides we ride, and the ones we got aren't, aren't very loud at all. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, you've got noise, you got noise. But riding these bikes, you know, I'm thinking we just kind of easing on through the woods, and one guy was like, hey, I heard him. Yep. Something to this, you know. And then not that we don't need to walk, but when it's right, 80 right. degrees in Georgia, 85 degrees, and you full of turkey gear, you really don't want to walk. No, you don't. No. Well, and that was conversation number one. What put the icing on the cake for for me was we were in Iowa deer hunting and we had a walk that was about a quarter mile downhill to then have about a quarter mile uphill to get to where we were going. And going in and coming out, that walk sucked both ways. Man, but if you're hunting Iowa, you know, that, that walk, that's an easy walk if you're getting to hunt Iowa, so. That was my you point would, exactly. And it's yep. December. It's not yeah. hot. <laughs> you would think that, but man, that walk, that hill sucked either way you were coming up. Heck yeah. I think we call that fat kid problems. <laughs> I cannot disagree and I cannot dispute the evidence, but it still sucked. <laughs> you just pop in three little Debbie's buddy and you just give her all the try. You can't. <laughs> oh, I had a full tank, buddy, and I was rolling as hard as I could. <laughs> anyway, I digress this conversation to the little Debbie level. So um let's jump into like 
what we're kind of here to talk about, Kevin. Let's jump in here for some food food plot. Well, actually, look before we jump too deep in a food plot, Robbie. I, right quick for those that, that haven't seen you on social media, I mean, you're all over Antler King stuff and your your personal stuff, and you're always giving you know food plot information, great how tos. Just you, you you try honestly, you're probably one of the, the best people in this industry that that we work with that gives that knowledge to anybody that that's thirsting for it to do better. So give us a, just a quick rundown of kind of your background. Well, my background, you know, with, with the company, you know, this is my 18th year with Antler King uh, from being, you know, as a staff member to part-time to full-time position. You know, I've been with a company that like I say, they've been a family for 18 years and uh, always helped Todd, the, the original founder of the company and anything I could. Uh, everybody's seen me at the shows. I take care of all the shows, done that for many of years. Uh, my, my key thing right now is a product specialist and uh, customer service, as you said. You know, I take a lot of pride in my customer service. So if anybody out there has ever talked to somebody on the phone, emailed, text, whatever, you're talking to me. You know, that I'm, I'm the only one in the company that's taking care of all this. Uh, it's a pretty good size role. And especially this time of year, springtime planning. You know, it's I've, I've taken 30 calls already this morning, you know, since six o'clock. Just people's trying to get, you know, the weather's been bad this year. So everybody right now is trying to get them last minute food plots in in the Midwest. And uh, so it's a. Uh, it's a pretty hectic deal, but I love it. You know, anytime I can teach somebody about food plots, that's what I'm here for. And that's exactly what this industry needs, man. I mean, need more guys like you out there pushing the envelope to to help people and you know make make it a better environment overall. And and I think and Kevin, you, you hop in wherever you, you see fit, but I, I do see that as a big void in this industry that there's not tons of help out there. There's a lot of people that want you to buy stuff, right? But then. There's not a ton of people that want to help you with it after you buy it. Right. Well, and you know, with us, I mean, and I get it through our marketing group and for a corporate office, you know, they tell me, I said, Rob, you know, you, you work, you know, you're eight to eight to four 30. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm 24 hours a day because these calls come in all the time. It takes a lot of my time, but I enjoy it. And that's just something you don't see in the industry. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or nothing like that, but when people need help, I want to help them out in any way I can. And, and, uh, and, and people kind of, they don't believe me sometimes because when they call me up, you know, they might tell me they're using a competitor's product. I'll help them just as well. You know, I mean, if they're having issues on planting something or why something won't grow, you know, I'm, I'm there to help them. I mean, I'm not biased. I'll, I'll help them in any way I can and, and eventually try to turn them around to the Antler King products and tell them why they should be using it. But I'm going to help them in any way I can. Well, and, you know, sometimes when you're talking about food plot advice and you have a question about it, you might be standing in the woods by the tractor, you know, trying to figure something out. And if you call and get a 800 number voicemail, mm -hmm. somebody customer service, you just ain't going to have the answer before you need it. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, I get a lot of calls that, you know, what normally happens with us is you'll have somebody call into our corporate office and that will go to Kendra in our office. Well, she automatically, will email me saying, Rob, this person has called. And a lot of times they're urgent. They're standing in a store wanting to know what they should buy or why they should buy honey hole instead of slam dunk or, or what they need to plant right now. They want to buy it. They're standing in the aisle of the store while I'm talking to them. So yeah, what you're saying is exactly true. That's what we call real-time help. You're, 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 the, you're the help support desk at Adder King 24-7 yeah. almost right there. I try my best. Yes, sir. Well, 
Speaking of that, so you said you've already had, you know, 30 calls this morning and so yep. forth, and we're probably holding you up for an hour. <laughs> oh, no. Calls. But, um, yeah, there's 14 <laughs> rednecks standing in yeah. track supply right now. Trying to figure out what I'm on hold, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so right now is one of the, is the time of year, especially, especially us down here where everything's greened up. You know, we're, we're literally we're – we might as well. I know it's May 23rd, but we might as well be summer down here. I mean, the weather's summertime patterns. We're getting humid afternoon showers. All of our fall plots, you know, they've they've headed out. They're turning brown. What is a next step, you know, from, from your perspective on an advisory role? So we're sitting in this situation we're in right now, this time of the year. Like, just prime example, I've got an acre right here behind my house. I've mm-hmm. got you know, clover that's already grown up. It's it's seeded out. Most all of that's turned brown. I've got oats that's standing out there. They they're all brown on top. You know, seeded out. Mm-hmm. What what's my next step? You tell me what I need to do now. You know, with with you your clover plots, you need to start maintaining them. You know, you you need to top them plots. You need to mow them. Anytime you see that that flower come on that clover, you wanna you wanna cut them. Uh, makes them more palatable for the deer to eat. It brings that protein level back up. So you want to keep them maintained. And at the same time, it's helping with weed and grass control. Uh, now you look in your, your annual plots that are heading out, like you're talking about your oats and stuff like that. With you guys being in what I call sugar sand area out there, the real sandy area, you know, if it's me, I'm working them plots up. I'm turning all that stuff under and giving some good organic matter into that soil. And, and with that, you're actually going to be able to hold a lot more moisture in. So you just use that that stuff that's standing up there dead right now. Get it under the ground, and it's going to be a good organic matter for you. Gotcha. And I think, and and one of the biggest questions I get from from people, especially in the South, because I mean, it, it's no secret nowadays, man. Fuel costs a lot. Fertilizer costs a lot. Lime costs yep. a lot. Everything's gone up exponentially. Uh, just the world we live in right now. So a lot of guys, you know, this past fall that I know they went and said, Hey, I'm, I'm planting clover. I want to get three, four, five years out of that. So if I'm yep. sitting here with that acre of clover that, mm-hmm. that's headed out, how, how do I transition that clover from, at what point do I need to make sure I let it get to, to what stage and then I can mow it where I'm going to overseed the seed that it made back into it for it to have that perennial right. effect. Well, what, what you have there is, and, and it's going to be different from where you're at to come where I'm at. So you're always looking, like I said, when that plant flowers. When that plant flowers, that's a tattletale sign. Now, where you're at, your clover might flower at a foot tall, or mine a flower at 22 inches, just because of our soil difference. So you always want to look for that tattletale sign with that clover, uh, with that flowering like that. Now, one thing I would like to add, and and you you mentioned it with the, the prices of fertilizer, diesel fuel, everything going sky high. What I try to push a lot of people, and I do it myself, and I've done it for years, you know, clover will actually suck in nitrogen from the atmosphere and store it into the soil. So the best thing you can do on any of these plots, say these annual plots that you have that you're only planting in the fall of the year, you know, your annual plots, they love nitrogen. So what I like doing, I like taking clover in the springtime of the year and I'll plant clover on all my annual plots and let it start storing nitrogen into that soil. So when you turn it under to plant your annual plots in the fall, they're going to have a whole bunch of nitrogen there already. So you're saving some money on not putting as much nitrogen on that plot because a clover plant will actually, you take a good acre clover plot, it's going to store in 100 to 150 pounds of nitrogen into that soil per year per acre. 
So you're giving them, them annuals a lot of nitrogen there and you're feeding the deer through the summer at the same time. So don't just let them plant them plots that set there empty, throw some cheap clover down there, let it suck that nitrogen in that's gonna help them annual plots for the next, that, that fall. But you know, Robbie talking about improving your soil and you know, I know we're talking about clover right now, but clover isn't the only seed y'all sell that is actually gonna improve and benefit no. the soil. No, you know, cereal rye, you know, the cereal rye is going to, it's going to pull all the nitrogen from down deep. The, the chicory is going to uh, uh, be a great soil builder. Uh, it just depends on what you're wanting to plant there. But when it comes for something that is so easy to grow, easy to throw out there and a cheaper variety, the clover is just the way that I like using it just because it will, clover will grow almost anywhere. You know, that, that's the thing. It'll grow on the rocks out here if I throw it out here. But, uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. There is multiple products out there that are soil builders that we offer. And, and, and along those same lines, Robbie, I think, you know, economics being a variable nowadays with guys, and we don't know what the future is going to bring as far as how it's no. going to affect people's spending abilities and everything like that. I mean, so from a food plot standpoint, I mean, you know, you guys, I don't want to tie up our whole podcast and talking about like how to save money on food plots, but you guys have a lot of great information out there that, a lot of people think that you have to go in every year you've got to lime and fertilize and plant you know summer plots and you got to you know fertilize and and plant uh your your fall plots and and that's that's factual on some level but there are a lot of methods like we're talking about that you can do to save money on on the necessity part of that i mean at the end of the day we want to make the best food plots that we can afford as hunters right because right. we but at the end of the day we're not farmers we're not trying to put you know, nope. how many bushels to an acre of corn out there to make a living? Like we're, we're doing this as a hobby. And um, I think, you know, if people, you know, use resources like yourself, like all the information out there, I mean, and, and good gosh, Facebook's full of you guys, videos and, and information out there and stuff like that, your website. If, if you do things right, you can have very economical food plots. And it, it doesn't matter if you're planting one acre or, or 40 acres, you, you mm -hmm. can do these things and, and not have to, basically remortgage your house right now with all exactly. these prices you know? right well you know and the number one thing everybody needs to do they they think fertilizer 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 but you know the number one thing you can do to a food plot is check the ph of that soil you know and i don't care if you use rph kits or what you use just check that ph it's a, the cheapest thing you can do that ph means more to a plot than anything you know, that's going to let them plant, that's going to be the tattletale to let them plants know how much of the nutrients they can suck in. So if you got too low of a pH, it doesn't matter how much fertilizer you spend and put on that plot, the plants will never utilize it. You're just pretty much throwing money down on the ground if you got too low of a pH. So, and, and with you talking about with all the, the uh, information that's out there, and I try to tell everybody this, and I see it a lot, a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, Rob, why aren't you on a lot of these habitat sites? Why, why aren't you on all these pages? And the number one is there's so many people out there giving information that it might work for them, but it's not going to work for the other person. And a lot of people are taking this information to heart. And, and, they're, and I get these calls all the time on, hey, I did it this way, but it's not working, but it works for so-and-so. The thing I like to tell anybody on here is if you have any problems or if you have any questions about a product, no matter if it's our product or who it is, call the manufacturer, find out who it is, get their advice. And they're gonna, they know that product better than anybody. So, I mean, not trying to damn any of the, 
the pages that are out there because there is a lot of good information. But man, if you have a problem, get, get a hold of the manufacturer and we'll, we'll work with you the best we can. And that's good advice, like like you said. I mean, just like if, you, if you're going to buy a choke tube for your shotgun, that manufacturer is going to know exactly what ammo is going to shoot best of what constriction because you guys have tested everything and ran it through the gauntlet to because, to, you know, a, a reputable company is going to do everything they can to put out top-end product and, and exactly. have all those answers sitting right there for you. Exactly. And, you know, our testing product is, is unbelievable. I mean, you guys test product for us. You know, you know how it goes and we get your guys' feedback on certain things. And, and where you're at, it's unbelievable what you guys can actually grow out there that I would never dream that you could get to grow where you're at, you know, and it's just, that's the testing product there, a, a process there that, that we enjoy doing and, and getting all the feedback from. And that's how we help our customers. That's why, that's why I can do my job is because people like you that, that test it for us in all different climates and areas. And, and it, it works out perfect. And, you know, I know we kind of bouncing around a little bit with some different tips and things, but, you know, talking about your pH and um, improving with, you know, with Lyme, but, you know, the other to me, one of the most important things you can do too is you kept recommending to us, you know, put exclusion cages out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for a lot of years, we didn't take the time to make those and put them out. Mm -hmm. And we have some plots that if you didn't have an exclusion cage, you would think nothing even grew out there because as soon as it's coming up, the deer are wiping it out. You know, yeah. make sure that what you're seeing is what's really happening and an exclusion cage gives you a chance to actually see what grew mm -hmm. instead of fussing about you know oh well, this seed didn't come up or whatever truth is your deer probably ate it yeah exactly well and you know that happens even here in, in illinois where i'm at where i have lush green clover plots there are certain half acre plots that they will never flower because i got so many does on the property i can't get rid of enough of them they will keep it mowed off for me. And a lot of people call me up and say, man, my, my clover never flowers. Why? Something wrong with it. Well, put a cage out there and see what it does. And, and they, they'll see that them deer are keeping it mowed down. I mean, it's amazing how much uh, forage a deer can take in. And, and just a half a dozen does will wipe out a half acre plot before you know it. And where you guys are at, I remember them pictures. Them are awesome on how, how much growth you actually had. And it was just a bare plot except for them cages. Yeah, our good buddy Mike Daly that helps us with our, with our uh, food plots uh, with Middle Georgia Wildlife Solutions. He, um, I remember he, he when he first saw our piece of property, he's like, "Man, it, you know, this ain't this dirt ain't much to work with." But once we establish a few of those bigger plots, like we've got one that's three acres and one that's four acres, mm -hmm. I remember Mike just riding along. He he get off that tractor and he starts smiling, laughing. He's like, "What are you <laughs> laughing at, man?" He's like. Y'all gonna have all the neighbors deer. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be so mad at y'all. But but piggyback on what Kevin said, those exclusion cages and some of these, some I mean, literally, you you go right through some of our plots right now. It's it's bare dirt. Everything's gone. They beat it down to nothing. It died off, and it's just a layer of sand sitting there until you yep. get to the exclusion cage that we put up, and you got brassicas and turnips and oats and everything that's a foot tall, two feet tall, where a deer even trying to eat through the cage, get to the tops of those plants. And you take yep. that cage away, that stuff good in 24 hours, it's gone. It's gone. But but it's amazing. It, it, like like Kevin said, the people that have got there and they'll plant these food plots and then they'll, you know, not come back to the property for a month or, or come back even two weeks, you know, when everything's sprouting up and growing good mm -hmm. and, and just, oh man, it's, uh, there's nothing out here because the, the deer just eat it that fast and people don't realize it. But my point with all that with, with Mike was he was over there helping us out one day and he was saying a guy was upset with him. He was telling us a story. 
I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, the, the guy doesn't realize the deer are eating the stuff faster than it can grow. Right. He said, he's, he's planting this plot and this guy just goes, man, these things ain't growing. These things ain't growing. And finally, Mike's like, dude, I'm telling you, like, there are deer tracks everywhere. They're yep. eating everything. And we even posted pictures on, on our social media accounts of the, the food plots we're talking about with, mm -hmm. hey, this this was a food plot. And then, you know, the the, the keyboard jockey's coming. Oh, it looks like those seed didn't grow. That's all. Yeah. And then we go, oh, look over here. This is what it's a, it would look like if you didn't have deer. It's yep. amazing. Exactly right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, there's nothing better than exclusion cage. It just makes deer mad though. Cause you know that old deer walks by and looks at that. Oh, yeah. like, come on, come on, guys. Like for real. Like, like real. This is what you're gonna do to me, right? Yeah, yeah, Teasing yeah. me with those big, big old lush turnip right there, and I can't get to it. <laughs> and it's all Kevin's fault because they yes, watch yeah. Kevin do that. It's Kevin's fault. Yep. Yeah, every one of them exclusion cages has my scent on it where I put it together. <laughs> it's all me. <clears throat> they like my scent because I don't want it builds up the feeders over there. There you go. <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of that, um, right now is we, I was looking at trail camera before pictures before we hopped on here, and man, we've got we've got bucks growing out. Some of them look pretty good right now. Um, you know, you guys supplement side of things has got to be taking off right now. I mean, it's that time of the year where if you if you supplemental feed, you know, pellets and, and the rack maker, those mixes like that. I mean, that it's time for that right now, right? No, they're going crazy over it right now. I mean, we. I, I can say in the last probably three years, I've seen a big jump in the supplemental feeding of guys. I mean, a lot of them are getting into it. You know, a lot of these states outlawed it, so the food plots went up in their states, but a lot of the other ones have been able to do it. Now there's a lot of people getting on board and really, they're, they're wanting a healthier deer herd. You know, I mean, it's, you used to hear a lot about this big bucks, big bucks, big bucks, and now you're more or less, you're getting a lot of these guys are really wanting to practice the supplemental feeding on getting a healthier herd to make them bigger deer. Now they're wanting their whole herd healthy. So, and products like with our, our deer and elk pellets, our rack maker, them two products right there will, will do it for them. And then you got all of our other supplements like our cotton candy, roasted bean cuisine. This time of year, very high in protein. I mean, they're, they're going off the shelves right now just because everybody's wanting to pump the protein to them deer while they're growing. And that's one thing that we do. Uh, you've probably seen a few of our pictures that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get about four or five different bags and it mm -hmm. looks like the old, the ice cream with the three or four different flavors in it. That's what our, yeah. our feed troughs look like. We they got several <laughs> options in there just to, just to you know, a buffet just, for them. <laughs> yeah, we call that the Antler King Buffet. The Antler King Buffet. There you go. Yeah. I, that sounds like a new mix right there. That sounds like a new seed uh, feed. Yeah. Yeah. See, look here. See what we comes don't... out of good podcast, man. Yeah. Brain trust right here. Yeah, that is good. We, we, you know, we got our Booner Buffet, but. I think backwards I like buffet that. sounds pretty good. I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, we won't we won't charge much royalty. Yeah, I hear you. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I had another question I was gonna ask you, Robbie, and I actually was gonna call you and ask you this, but since we're already on here talking, I might as well throw you in the fire because I saw something on Facebook the other day, somebody talking about they were feeding a pellet to their deer with a safeguard wormer mm -hmm. to try to deworm deer. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to me about any thoughts on, on anything like that. There, there, there's a few companies out there. Uh, how do I want to say this the right way? Um, it's something that we looked into, but at the same time, it's a lot of hype. Let's just put it that way. I mean, th there is some benefit. Don't get me wrong. There is benefit. There's nothing wrong with what they're doing. 
But for what we have seen to do it in a proper way and to give the deer exactly what they want um, in a pellet form, it's almost impossible. But you are giving the deer some benefit by what they're doing. So it's not like it's a gimmick what they're doing. It, it actually helps, but to help in the way it needs to help, uh, it's just, we, we just can't do it. It's just about impossible to, to put it in a, a small pellet. And from what I understand, I mean, like your deer and elk pellets and your rack maker, I mean, it's got a lot of the things that are going to benefit the deer kind of equally, if not more, right? What, with us, you know, with our amp that we have in our, ours, you know, it's a digestive aid. The digestive system of a deer, that's the most important thing you can do there. Now, you want, you want to, you want them to be able to store what they're eating and with our product, with our amp, say in our rack maker. Uh, it's not only for a digestive aid for the rack maker, it's for anything they want to eat. Their natural brows, agriculture, anything they eat, it's a, it's a uh, digestive aid for that. So they're going to store that where they need it to instead of just pass right through them. You know, so the digestive system of a deer, that's the key thing right there. And that digestive aid is, I mean, all of our, all of our supplements, our minerals, our feed, all of it have our amp in it for their digestive system. And that's something that we have ran. Todd's used that for, you know, 25 plus years. The, the only environment that I've had an in-depth conversation about the dewormer part of that for deer is the guys that are deer breeders where they can control almost 100% of what that deer eats. And they say, yes, it works really well in that. But I mean, you got to think exactly. these deer may be in a five or 10 acre breeder pen and they're eating just tons and tons of pellets, you know, where you can, that that's going to, be basically other than the grass that they're laying around that's the only thing they're going to eat so they they do they do say it works well in that environment now, it does deer like all of us are out there hunting and trying to grow like i mean that deer is probably not going to consume the volume exactly uh, that it takes because i mean a deer is a glorified goat right i mean they're going to eat yeah. I man literally i've got deer eating the, the leaves off of corn stalks back here i mean that, that's mm -hmm. got to, that can't be very palatable at all no it's but not that, that's that's what they're doing just because they're walking by like oh let me try that then they oh let me try this that you ever watch a deer in the, in the wild like especially when it's still green early season they're just literally walking around eating everything they are they're just eating yeah. leaves everywhere Yep. And, and you're exactly right that the deer breeders, the deer farmers, you know, that pellet with that warmer in it, uh, they're getting a lot of benefit from that. You know, it, it's working really well because that's what that deer is eating. You know, this, like you said, in the wild, it's a different story there on how much they can consume. And if they consume enough of it, we're in a pen, they can, they will. So, yeah. The, the, the deer in the wild don't think like me and Kevin do. They think, oh, <laughs> Let me just go around and be a deer. Let me eat some saddle. Let me eat some some, some this. And, you know, me and Kevin are like, no, I'm going, I'm going to the feeder, bro. I'm going to the trough. It's going to yep. be a buffet. It's all you can eat every time I go. That's you got that right. Heck yeah. Unfortunately, they well, that's a good thing from our end because we couldn't afford to feed them if they ate. I mean, we they eat enough as it is, but exactly. You know, it's it's a uh, it's crazy, honestly. Once you get deer eating on the supplemental side of things, it really is amazing how much they will eat. Oh yeah, they will. If yeah, I was if I was a deer, you'd have to step over me to fill up the feeder, but I'd be the first one you shot on opening day. <laughs> I was gonna say Kevin would be the first buck buck that went down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, Robert, let's shift gears. Um, I think we hit on some really good stuff so far. Um, what, in your opinion, are and I think we've probably hit on a couple of these already. What are the probably the say the top 
maybe five biggest mistakes that people make on their food plots? Number one, not checking the pH. That That's the number one right there. Number two, uh, and, and this is going to be kind of two-sided here. You know, I have found, and actually dealing with Kevin here too a lot, some other people in Southern states, certain areas, it's okay to overseed a food plot with too much seed just because of the soil, sandier soil, especially stuff like that uh, for the germination loss you have. But like here in the Midwest where I'm at, you do not want to overseed a food plot. A lot of people go in there and overseed with way too much seed. What happens there? It'd grow up, it'd, it'd get three inches tall, look like a golf course, and all of a sudden they start starving each other for nutrition, they lay over and die. And people think there's something wrong with the seed, stuff like that. It's just, there's not enough nutrition in that soil, no matter how much you put on it, to make them plants survive. So number two would be overseeding the food plot with too much seed. Uh, seed depth, that's a big one. You know, a lot of people will want to get in, especially with the guys these days, using tillers on a lot of their on a lot of their plots. You know, they're they're thinking they need to turn that soil over to look like a garden, just real powdery. Then they want to go in and seed it and either walk away from it or try to drag over it. Well, number one, when you're when you're seeding and when you're tilling, you know, you're getting six, eight inches deep, it's real powdery. Then you go to drive over top of it to drag it and you're just smashing seed way too deep. So you're losing germination that way. So Seed depth's another one. You know, call the pack is the best thing you can ever do. Call the pack, make a good firm seed bed, seed over it, call the pack again. You know, so seed depth would be number three, getting it way too deep. Um, number four, and th this is one that a lot of people are going to argue with me on because they don't they don't realize how it really works. But a lot of people don't want to wait for Mother Nature to to offer moisture. They want to get in there and try to water a plant and or water a plot and a lot of people don't realize that literally it takes 30,000 gallons of water to equal one inch of rain on an acre so you're going in there with a 500 gallon tank and just making a little muddy mess on top and then it doesn't rain all that seed's going to do is lay there and rot you're going to lose all your germination the seed's going to be done 90 percent of the seeds out there if you get them in there you get them in the soil they're going to lay there dormant so the best thing to do unless you can offer them that much water per time and keep that water going, uh, don't water. You know, just let mother nature take her take her time. I mean, usually it might not come up. A lot of people want to plant a plot and they want to see it green in two weeks. You don't have the rain, you're not going to have that. That seed's still there, still laying there dormant. It's going to come up as soon as your rains come in. Um, so that would be number four there. The other one, pretty much when it comes to your, your perennials is maintaining your plots. They don't want to do it. They think they're just going to plant them. They, they don't think you need to mow your clovers or your chicories. A lot of people don't realize chicory needs to be mowed. You know, chicory is going to flower just like clover. Uh, but 99% of the time, if you take something like our trophy clover mix that has chicory in it, the flower will, the, the clover will flower before the chicory will. So you never see that chicory flower. So you're already mowing it. But if you plant straight chicory like I do, and I'm a big fan of, you'll see that plant grow up and all of a sudden shoot a stem out the center and it's gonna flower. You wanna mow it because it's starting to get stemmy and it will turn back sweet again. So they were probably the, the, the biggest no-nos that you can do on a food plot. You know, you gotta kind of stay away from, but again, number one, check that pH, get that pH right, add some wine, cheapest way to go. Okay. And one thing you hit on there, I wanted to ask this, because this is something I've always wondered myself. If I'm gonna go mow, 
my clover, my chicory, mm -hmm. what, what height should I mow that at? I like keeping my clover when I mow it. I like keeping that five to six inches high. You, a lot of people over the years have heard mow it where you got eight inches left standing. You know, it's really going to determine on Mother Nature for you. If you're getting a lot of moisture, you can mow it lower. I like keeping mine five to six. If you're not getting the moisture, don't mow it. I mean, don't ever mow it when you got a dry spell coming in, nothing like that. Just let it go, let it flower out when your rains start coming back in, then mow it. But no, I like that five to six inch height, you know, keep it about there. Okay. And you know, that was a last year, especially around social media, you know, we were talking about all the keyboard warriors and all the advice that's available. I saw a lot of people last year arguing to not mow their clover and they had seen some studies about how, you know, the amount of forage that was produced versus, you know, mowing versus not, but I've always heard what you're saying here that mowing yep. is the ticket. It is. And, you know, I, I actually was just on one of them with them keyboard warriors the other day, and I finally had this delete everything off. Um, that was, you know, when your clover matures, it's least palatable for the deer to eat. And it's at its lowest protein rate. There are studies everywhere to tell you that. Where these people get this stuff at is beyond me. Uh, but when you mow that clover, it's going to bring that protein back up. Like our trophy clover, you're looking about a 30% uh, protein plant. It's going to bring it right back up to its highest protein and the most palatable for their deer to eat. So I understand when people look at a big, tall, standing clover, they're like, man, it's just awesome. They look at all that forage. But I try to tell people, if you walk out, and I can do it on my property right now, I have a hay field that I got to cut across, get to one of my plots. My clover is three inches tall right now because the deer are just wiping it out. But there's forage clover all over that hay field that's a foot and a half tall right now, and the deer walk right through it. It's just because it's not palatable for them to eat. And it's not, they know what they want. So as soon as that farmer goes in there and bells that, I promise you the cameras will blow up and there'll be deer all over that thing because they're in there eating that fresh clover. So you definitely want to mow it. So just because it'll grow more leaves and might produce more forage doesn't mean it's the forage the deer is going to want to eat. No, no. Now, if you're wanting it for belling, uh, to use it to bell, yeah, let it grow and let it get as much as it can and then bell it and, you know, cut it and bell it. But for, the, for what we're wanting it for with our deer on our plots, you want it the best it can be for them. I gotta go get on the mower, guys. We'll see y'all later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, and I'll say this too. Um, you know, just talking about the plots in general. Um, <clears throat> I've got a couple here behind my house. One's about an acre, and it's in the open. There's there's no trees really around it except the wood line. Then I've got a real small one, maybe a, a quarter of an acre in the woods, and it's amazing at how different those two plots will perform. The soil is yep. similar in both. Here, I, I have a little bit of sandy soil, but it's a lot of darker soil, so I got some pretty good nutrients. But in those shady, that shady plot back there, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it, they both grew very well. I mean, one they're, they're both very tall, but that one in the shade is probably I won't say twice as tall, but it's it's pretty close, just yep. because of just getting it gets enough sunlight. But it's yep. you know you got the it's got giant pines on both sides of it so it's getting shade on some of that plot almost all day long and, um, yep. and that's another strategy i think people can, can look at when they're when they're planting those plots and picking their spots yes we all love to have a you know big food plot in a big wide open area mm -hmm. that we can see a long ways but th those little uh, 
basically what a lot of, a lot of us refer to down here is kill plots in the mm-hmm. woods or, yeah. you know, quarter acres, half acres, one acre, whatever. They can perform really, really well. You, you know, it's, it may not have the room to have 20 deer in it at one time. You may only have five, but if you're only hunting that right one, that, that's all that right. matters. Exactly. Exactly. And and with um, you know, in them shaded areas, you get a lot of growth. Number one, because it's not getting burnt by the sun as much. Number two, it them shaded areas hold a lot more moisture. So that moisture is staying there longer than it will be out there in that dead sun out there. Uh so yeah, you're getting a lot better growth and a lot healthier plants. Uh if you're in a time where you're not getting the moisture as you should, stuff like that, that shaded area is gonna hold some of that down deep or them plants are gonna they're going to thrive a lot, a lot better for you. Yeah. I was about to say, you said exactly what I was going to, that I don't know how the sun is where you are but down here in the South. It's hot. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it beats them sun, them plants up pretty hard. And like you said, it sucks out the moisture. It does sucks it right out. Yep. Well, we've, we've kind of gone through the gauntlet of different scenarios. We talked about supplemental feed. We've talked about what do we do this time of the year? Um, you know, just, just a lot of little things there, but, there's one product that we haven't mentioned yet, and it's not really a, a food plot per se, uh, but barricade. No, we yeah. that, That's a product that we, we've started using uh, when you guys rolled it out. We've seen what it can do. Um, if anybody that's listening to this or watching this on YouTube hasn't heard about barricade or seen barricade, stop what you're doing right now. Go yep. look it up and just see how useful of a tool it can be. It's basically you can – use barricade as so many variables on your food plots you can use it as cover to get in and out of your blind out of your stand you can use it to funnel deer into bow range whatever you need and and i would just tell a quick rundown about barricade what it is and and how useful it is yeah barricade uh, barricade is a sorghum product that we use for uh what we call a shielding product um you know, it's growing eight foot tall. You pour the nitrogen to it. It can get up there. A lot of mine last year was averaging 12 to 14 foot high. Um, but blocking a road off from people looking down through your plots and spooking deer off to travel corridors, you know, splitting up in big fields and, and getting the deer to, to come to you within bow range. The good thing about the product is one quarter acre bag is going to plant an eight foot wide strip a quarter mile long. So it's going to cost you 20 bucks to do that. So with me, just like last year, sitting there in one of my big fields that I actually run barricade and kind of beat everything into a 30-yard shot to a blind for my daughter, uh, I start looking, thinking, you know, man, I need to switch it and put it over here and over here. And for a $20 bill, it's pretty pretty feasible. Or when you're using a perennial blend, because barricade is an annual, when you're using a perennial blend, you're talking three to $400 to do that instead of a $20 bill. So you can either use it in the same spot every year or every year you can change it or add it. It's not, it's not going to break the bank doing it and it grows very well. One thing I would like to talk, talk to you about barricade is though, and a lot of people don't realize the quicker you get it planted, the better off you are. So anytime you can get that ground temp at 60 degrees or warmer, that's when you need to start planting it. Uh, I'd like to see you get it planted at least three months before your first frost. If you're wanting that good eight to 10 foot growth out of it, but man, you, you can get, you can put a deer in your lap with a product like this and uh, make him come and look for them deer and, and put him right within bow or gun range. Well, and when, when this product, you know, first came out and I saw a lot of the information about it, I just thought of it as a shield, you know, if you got mm-hmm. 
a field that's by a roadway. You plant it by the roadway, people can't see out in your field. Or if yep. you want to make a shield to be able to walk to your blind without getting spotted. But, you know, it's a, I, when Todd came down and was looking at everything and showing it to us, I didn't realize how thick and hardy that plant growth could be to where you can actually, like you said, funnel deer movement with that product. Yeah, it's so thick a deer won't go through it. I mean, you can you can put a wall up through it and just go in there with a machete or your mower or whatever and just make you a two-foot path. Them deer will follow that path through there. They will not try to walk through that stuff. I mean, it's thick and dense. But yeah, for to funnel on a deer, you can't beat it. And, and Robbie, I, had a, I want to add a couple more things on that the actual plant itself, that sorghum. Um, <clears throat> one, I know down here when it heads out and, and makes a head, the deer will eat it. 100%. They love it. That yes. they, they love to eat that. Now it's, it's a later on mature, you know, plant for mm -hmm. sure in the season. Um, but I, I've heard this before and I, I want to get your opinion on it. I've heard that different types of sorghums uh, have a natural insect repelling characteristics in the plant and deer mm -hmm. like to bed around that. Is that, that's something that a lot of people that don't know about? There is, there's uh, sorghum uh, varieties that, yes, that is correct. Yes. Uh, uh, there, there's actually four or five different ones that, that, that is very correct. So now, that's another, go ahead, I'm sorry. But no, no, go ahead. Oh, I, that's what I was going to say. I mean, list, I'm taking this thing to just a deeper layer in the mm -hmm. onion. So if you're using a product like this, like a barricade product and, 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 it, I don't know if those particular sorghums have any of those properties in, in those mm -hmm. or not, but if you, if you do plant sorghum that, that has those capabilities and you can use those in your, in your food plot as well to have cover and obviously a food source yep. now with the, like EHD being uh, a, a serious thing in different parts of this country. Now here in the South, we're lucky. It's not that big a deal at times. Um, we've had a few, Hit, hit and miss kind of things going on, um, but nothing like in, you know, the Kentuckys and Illinois and Missouris and Iowas, you know, that they, they get hammered pretty hard up in you guys' area. Wouldn't that be something to kind of look into to see if that could help repel some of those insects and, and things to, to help with, you know, I mean, maybe I'm just, I'm just spitballing right now, but I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about that, you know, in the past. No, no, you're, no, you're exactly right. And, you know, we, we have thought about a lot of different ways that we can, uh, use this to uh, for your guys' advantage. I mean, everybody's advantage. Uh, the thing when it comes to sorghum uh, and wanting this advantage out of it, you pretty much got to plant it straight if you're wanting to use it uh, for the bedding part of it, which is awesome. A lot of guys do that here in Illinois. That we use a lot of plant a lot of sorghum. A lot of people do uh, a lot of grain sorghum, uh, and it works out just great. As in getting it into a, and this might not be what you're talking about, but like getting it into a mix or something like that for a food plot, it's very hard to do since it is such a tall plant, it shades out everything else. Uh, but planting straight sorghum, if you got the areas that you can plant it and use it for a bedding type area and everything, yes, your deer is definitely going to benefit from it. Well, and, and talking about, you know, plant properties that can benefit and even other product properties, you know, Michael hit on EHD. Even mm -hmm. your plot max, some mm -hmm. of the things that affects, you know, with like the, what do you call it, prions or whatever in the, the soil. soil. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those products even can help fight against some EHD 
Yeah, with, with our plot max, I mean, that's actually a, a scientific fact now uh, through Science Daily and all of them where they show the humic acid uh, uh, will actually will help with the, the killing of the prions in your soil. So, uh, which cuts in numbers way down on the EHD. So, and there's a lot of studies of that out there. And the thing about it is, you know, Todd, Todd, when he came out with the plot max, you know, EHD, this, it wasn't there, you know, that's been years ago. And it was just really surprising to us. And we started getting all these, these uh, things from science daily come to us about using humic acid. And we're like, man, that's what plot max is. So we started in our study and, and seeing it's, it's doing, it's doing very well for that. But, I mean, there's the, the right amount of humic acid in that plot and that mix, because that's what it is on the plot max. And uh, I don't know, knock on wood, if, uh, you know, my area here where I'm at, we have VHD kill offs all around. I have never lost a deer and hopefully knock on wood again, that we, it doesn't happen. Uh, but I'm, I'd really like to say it must have a lot to do with it because I am a true believer in our plot max product and I use it religiously. And, uh, and I have a lot of, I got a big number of deer, which I'm really worried about sometimes that, that might happen to me. And the, the last three big years we had of that over the past 10 years, I've never lost a deer. And, uh, and I think it might, it, it has to have something to do with that humic acid that I use all the time in that plot max product. Well, and even, you know, uh, like your cereal rise in your fall, winter, spring, they mm -hmm. even have some uh weed deterrent they yep they, they do they, that that cereal rye you'll have the the most weed free plot ever now here's a little tattletale sign that i do that a lot of people don't realize but when it comes to uh like our barricade we were just talking about you know barricade loves nitrogen it is a slow growing product that plant that starts to come up after it gets so tall then it just goes crazy so you get a lot of weed and grass issues. When I'm planting barricade, I'll take our one pound bags of our cereal rye, excuse me, I mix it right in with my barricade. That helps with a weed dispresser. And then it also helps because the cereal rye pulls up all that nitrogen that's stored way down low. So I'm, I'm helping my weed control and I'm feeding my, my barricade with that cereal rye. So that's just a little thing that I tested out over the last couple of years and it works out very well. So, yep. There's a little insider tip right here on the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you got to think about this from a standpoint. I mean, a company like Antler King that's been around for so, so many years, and and you know, we know we know Todd personally, and how hard a worker he is, and how much heart and soul you guys have all put into making these products. And yep. and that's you know, from a consumer standpoint, uh, you know, just utilizing all the resources like just like the stuff we're talking about right here just little mm -hmm. tips and tricks that that you can you don't have to do a lot you just have right. to do the work and you can have a ton of results on your property from you know some you know suppressing ehd for example on, on yeah. some level all the way to to not having to dump a fortune every year in the food plots i mean there's so many layers of this onion we can sit here you know for Oh yeah, we we can and laying out everything you can do, but it's just amazing at, at the stuff that's out there that can help us. You know, a guy that has five acres or five thousand acres to to perform the same way. Exactly, and you know, I was very fortunate to be able to learn from Todd. And you know, I I done food plots for many years prior to even meeting Todd, and 
you know, he's forgot more than I'll ever know, but it, it was just, I'm very blessed to be able to learn from him. And I still learn from him. There's still a lot of things that, you know, that are more scientific, more stuff like that, that he really keeps up on that I don't, um, that it's pretty amazing what that man knows and the tricks of the trade that you can actually do to a food plot, save money at the same time as you're feeding deer. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can do. And all, just like the barricade deal I just said there, that's all, that's all tricks of the trade that I like to give out to help people. And when they do it, you know, it's not a selling thing. I'm not trying to tell you go buy a bag of cereal rye to throw in with your barricade, but I'm telling you what, it works. I mean, that's just how it is. Simple as that. That's, that's, yep. that's Antler King in a nutshell. It works. Yeah, it works. Uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, well, speak, speaking of stuff that works, I, I know we, we, we probably, uh, you got 28,000 customer service calls probably on hold right now. Yeah, like Kevin said, 84 rednecks and tractor supply waiting on an answer. But uh, in, right. close, in closing here, um, just what, what do we got new for 22? You know, what's some stuff that people can, can be checking out right now? Well, for 22, uh, you know, our Graniac block that you guys have used too. the Graniac block is probably the best block that we have ever built. We actually took it uh, and from a 20 pound block, which we still have, we bumped it up to a 33 pound block too. So now we got a 20 pounder and a 33 pounder for the guys that are using them religiously, which we do have a lot. Uh, that is actually our number one selling product last year was that Graniac block. Um, we got a new mix called Southern Greens. We actually put it together for guys like you, you know, but then again, with our testing process, we started testing it from even, you know, Northern Wisconsin all the way down to you guys and found out that the deer love it just as much in Wisconsin as it does in the Southern states. So it's called Southern Greens. I mean, it's a very good blend uh, using some collard greens in with it, with some radish, stuff like that. Uh, going to be a phenomenal mix. I planned it last year on my home farm, testing it out. And uh, I can say the only issue I had, I didn't plant enough of it because the deer liked it too well. <laughs> so this year uh, I'm going to expand that plot out a little bit. It was just a little test plot. So really threw me for a loop on, on how they really did like it at food all season long. Yeah, we, we threw um, a few bags of that out on our place. It, it, it didn't. It didn't last long. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That was another one of those. It's a good thing we had exclusion cages because they were demolishing it. They demolished it. Exactly yeah. right. So yeah, that's that's two, that's two of the main products. Now we do have our down and dirty block, a 30-pound, very high protein, 28% protein block that this time of year right now is something that I highly recommend the guys that use that legally can use them. Uh pump all that protein in as you can as them deer are growing their horns. Uh, but yeah, them are, them are the three main products right there. Well, I mean, we've used them all. We know they work well, right, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, some of that stuff, like Graniac, shoot, you might want to grab you a fork and grab a bite when you lay that thing out. It just <laughs> looks good. It smells good, doesn't it? Looks good, smells good. It's like that cotton candy. Actually, it looks oh, like cotton candy. <laughs> it smells <laughs> like it. Yep. Well, Robert, we appreciate it, buddy. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day to hop on here. And, and I'm, dude, I, if anybody listens to this and they haven't learned something new on food plots, then they, they, they need to go work for you guys because they already know everything. Right? <laughs> there you <laughs> know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, give, give just everybody a quick rundown where they can find out more about Antler King. Uh, Antlerking.com. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, you can go on there. You'll find, I'll just let them know real quick before we get out of here. A lot of people want to know where they can buy products. Go to antlerking.com. 
you're going to go on there, go to locations, put your zip code in. You can find all of the product uh, dealers in your area. So you can do that. But antlerking.com is the main one. Uh, our phone number is on there. You call that number. It's going to come straight to me. I'm going to talk to you. Email that's on there. It's going to come straight to me. I'll help you out in any way I can. And uh, that, that's about as simple as it gets. No Antler King professor sitting right there ready for everybody to call and, and email. And we're, we're calling in right now. <laughs> I'm going to say, um, after this is over and we post this, you may want to change your number. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank, thanks for hopping on here. Kevin, anything else you want to add in? No, just, you know, I burned Robbie's phone up a lot, asking a lot of questions. I appreciate you, buddy. You're a lot of knowledge, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing it with us. Hey, that's what I'm here for, and I'm glad you guys have me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Uh, everybody, hope you have a great week. Get out there, work on your food plots. This is a motivational speech at the end of this thing to make your deer herd bigger and healthier and better and all around. Them does are dropping fawns right now. You need to feed them babies because that's your future booner that's just popping out right now. And uh, those bucks that are already growing antlers, they need all they can get. They'll get bigger and better, too. So, uh, y'all, check out antlerking.com. Call, call Robbie, ask him 24-7. He likes to answer your phone at 2 in the morning. That's his favorite time, so please call him then. He hasn't blocked Kevin yet, so we know he will answer. All right, y'all have a great week. All right, see you guys. See y'all. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We appreciate Robbie from Antler King being on with Kevin and I. We appreciate all of you out there listening. Keep living that backwoods life.